Welcome. You are listening to a sermon preached at Church at the Armory. If you like what you hear, share it. God bless you. Praise God. Okay, we're going to do some scripture, and we're going to let you go home and celebrate mom. But we're going we're gonna to go through a few scriptures here. If you have your Bible, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's been a minute since I've preached out of Deuteronomy. Amen? But we're going to preach out of Deuteronomy chapter 6. Praise God. All you dads, make sure you cook for mom today. Now you can cook at McDonald's or you can cook at Chinese buffet or... Or you can cook at uh you can cook at, maybe maybe not McDonald's I probably shouldn't say that but you can cook unless she wants that but you can cook anywhere or you can go home and actually cook I spent last night in front of a grill getting all that meat ready for today Amen but you can't come to my house Amen so now so y'all y'all treat them mamas right Oh I want to say this too after you fill your bellies up. This afternoon, and you take your power nap on Sunday afternoon, if you want to and you have uh, some time free, this uh, afternoon at 5 p.m. at the courthouse on the square, I have been asked to participate in a prayer gathering to pray against the violence that's been happening in our city. So me and my family will be there participating with other ministers and people and our leaders in our community who are going to stand on the steps of the courthouse and pray against the violence that's been happening in our community. If you're able to come, it's at 5. If you're not, that's fine too But because we're all praying. Amen? But if you're able to be there and you want to come, that's at 5 p.m. Okay, let me give you a few uh, scriptures here. This sermon uh, in my heart started uh, three or four weeks ago. And then I was taking my, one of my Greek classes, and one of my professors uh, kind of pointed out a verse here. It's in Hebrew, but he pointed out one of the words and the, and the changes here. And then it just kind, of, just kind of kept developing, and it happened to land on Mother's Day. And it has to do with kind of like this idea of parenting as well uh, in it. So let's going to talk about this, okay? So, Father God, we thank you for the word of God. Somebody say amen. amen. It is a strength. It is strength in our lives. God, what would we do if your word didn't help us? So we receive the word with gladness this morning. We receive the strength that comes from the word of God. And may it, may it, uh, may it be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. All right, here's what we're going to do. Deuteronomy 6, again, I preach a lot of the New Testament. I haven't preached out of the Old Testament, especially Deuteronomy, in a long time. So this is going to be good. Deuteronomy 6, chapter 1 says, Now this is the commandment. And I want to kind of I want to I want to go back a few weeks and remember me preaching on the concept of chaos and order, right? And what a commandment is is not necessarily the sense of a a strict law that if you don't do the law, you're a bad person. What the commandments of God are is the order of heaven in the world of chaos. Does that make sense? Order in the world of chaos. So really, he's presenting how to walk through life with order in a world filled of chaos. Does that make sense? So these are the commandments of God. The statues, the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded me to, everybody say, teach you. 
that you might do them in the land. So it's one thing to be taught the commandments. It's another thing to understand them and do them. Somebody say amen. So, uh, you know, one of the, one of the, the scriptures that somebody impressed upon me many years ago was the idea of Jesus's sermon on the mount and the end of the sermon. There is the the foolish man is the one who he was taught the scriptures but he didn't do them, and the wise man is the one who was taught the scriptures and did them. So here God is saying, I got the I got this order. Everybody, everybody look right here. I got this order. I got this way of life. And I need you to, I need you to, I know I'm going to teach it to you, but I also need you to do this, okay? And I'm going to teach it to you, then you're going to teach it to your kids, and everybody's going to teach and do, right? You're going to learn them, and then we got to do them. So you can understand the things of God all day long, but unless you put them into practice in your life, you're still going to experience chaos. That makes sense? Okay, so that you might do them, the orders, the commandments, the statutes, the judgments, you might do them in the land where you're going to grab a hold and possess that land, okay? Verse 2, so that, everybody say so that. Learn, I'm going to teach you the command so that, there's a reason, that your sons, your children, and your grandchildren will fear the Lord and, and that they too will keep all the statues and his commandments which I commanded you. All the days of your life, everybody say all my life, and that that life would be prolonged. For instance, okay, on Mother's Day, children, honor your mama and your daddy. And what does that statue produce in you? That you may live long, right, and full life. Like, so the statues of God produce prolonged life. And conversely, if we don't do the statues of God, then our days can get, right? You see what I'm saying? And so, uh, so that you may, you and your sons and grandsons might fear the Lord, keep his statues and commandments, which I command you, and that they, the days, all the days of your life, and that those days would be prolonged. Now, verse 3, hear Israel, you should listen. Everybody say listen. Raise your hand if you're a good listener. Raise your hand if you're a lousy listener. Yeah, I can't remember anybody's name because when I inter- when I'm introduced to people, I'm thinking, "Don't say your name real dumb, like, don't say your own name, like, like what's your name?" And as they're saying your name, I'm saying, "My name is Chester, <laughs> Chester, Chester, Chester the third, Chester, Chester the third, Chester Passmore, Chester Passmore, Ed the third, Chester Passmore." Right, right, right. And that's like, you know, I'm not listening because my mind is still talking, right? And uh, there's lots of people in the world who need to talk less and listen more. Amen. But the Lord says in verse 3, you should listen. And then you should be very careful to do what you heard. We're back to that. That it may be well with you and that you may multiply greatly. In other words, that your life would Go the way God planned it and that your life would keep producing and multiplying the way it was intended to from the creation, right? Subdue the earth, multiply. It's a a foundational creation uh, assignment on on humanity that we would be multiplying. Generational. 
right? And to do that, to do that the right way, we got to do the statutes of God. We got to do the commandments of heaven. That makes sense? Okay, and that you and multiply just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, all the way back to Adam, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Okay, now verse 4 is the, is the one verse we're really going to hark on today. It says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. If you ever missed a moment to say amen, you missed it right there. It's okay to amen the scriptures, right? Yahweh is our God. The Lord is one. We're going to come back to that. Verse 5. You shall love Yahweh, your God. See how he keeps qualifying that? You shall love Yahweh, your God. The first thing he teaches is that Yahweh is our God. You shall love the Lord, our God, your God, and there's a particular way you love him. If you go back to verse 3, verse 2, he introduces all the days of your life. And what God is interested in is that we love him, but there's a way we love him. And we love him with all. Everything. In other words, it's not acceptable to partially love the God we serve. we got to love him with all our days, all our heart, all our soul, all our strength. He is a jealous God. That's a good thing, by the way. He's a jealous God who wants every ounce and fiber of our being. He wants it all. Everybody say all. So to love him, if I, if I walked, if, if, I, if everybody stood in a line, I just walked down one to one, I looked you in the eye and said, do you love God? There's not a person in this room that would say no. Everybody would say yes, yes. And then if I walked by the second time and said, do you love him with all your days, all your heart, all your strength, all your soul, with every fiber of your being? See, we all have this basic concept that we love God. Yeah, that's not how he asks us to love him. Not with the basic concept. He asks us to love him totally, totally. With everything. Everything and then then some. Amen? All. So, now verse 6. This is kind of where it plugs into the Mother's Day theme. These words which I command you today, you need to tie them onto your heart. They need to be not head love, heart love. The God isn't, God isn't the God of your understanding only. He's the God of your heart. Make sense? It's not enough just to mentally declare him. You've got to want him with this, right? He is my God. My heart longs for him, right? Song of Solomon, right? Okay? And so, loving with all your heart, verse 7 says this. You shall, you have been taught this, and then now you need to teach this to your children. This is where Mother's Day comes in. Mamas, you are some of the best equipped entities on the planet 
to teach children about Jesus. You have this commandment from God to demonstrate what it looks like. Look at me, mama. To demonstrate what it looks like to your children and your grandchildren. To love God with all your heart and that he is your God. Amen? He is your God. Now, when you, and you shall, you shall teach them. Everybody say the word diligently. I think diligently means more than just by bringing in the church once a week. Y'all don't shout me down when I got the mind. Okay? I'm trying to preach here. Just calm down. I'm not talking about just, you know, more than just bring them to church once a week. And if you're really spiritual, maybe you bring them to Wednesday night youth or something. Amen. <laughs> you shall teach them diligently. You're, and listen, listen, listen to me. What does it look like to teach diligently your children, moms, and let's go ahead and dads, you can by proxy participate, okay? And dads, what does it look like to teach our children about the God we serve and loving him with all of our being? It looks like this. You shall talk of them, not the children. You shall talk of the statues and the commandments of God. This should be regular conversation in your home about what God says. Oh, there's lots of people talking to your children about what the world says. Lots of people talking to your children about what the, what, what the enemy says. My question is there, and my point to you is that there are very few, if anybody out there talking to your children about the things of God, you are the one he appointed to do it. Lots of voices speaking to your children, but your voice is the one they need to hear speak, talking about the things of God. Well, he command, his commandments, his statues, his judgments. So regular, diligent conversation with your children is good, about the things of God is a really good parenting. Even if they say, are you still talking about this? Listen, child, I don't talk to you about this because you want to or don't want to hear it. I talk to you about this because the commandment of the scripture tells me I'm supposed to talk to you about it. Somebody say amen. Where did this idea that if we talk too much about God in our house, we push them away from God come from? Got quiet in here. This idea that we, I don't want to shove my, my faith on my kids. Where did this stuff come from? Sure didn't come from Deuteronomy chapter 6, because I ain't even got started on it, how much we're supposed to talk. It says, diligently talk to them. And when should you talk to them? When you sit in your house. <laughs> how much you sit in your house? That's a lot. <laughs> Now, I'm, 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 I'm kind of weird for a second. I'm not trying to be weird. You know, I grew up in this age where the, the, the parent didn't really give your kids the sex talk, right? They didn't give it to them, so all the kids were left to figure it out for themselves. That didn't go real well, did it? That went, that went great plan, parents. Right? That went real well. 
And there were so many opportunities while you're sitting in the house for your parent to describe to you the way God has created sexuality and how it's supposed to go. But the more we keep our mouth shut, the more they get to figure it out based upon how the world says to figure it out. And so we can talk, hey, look at me, look at me, church, we're the world's worst at pointing the finger at the world and say, look how bad they are. And we're, we're sitting here in the house. We'll, we'll say lots of words about how bad they are, but we'll, sit, we'll say no words in our house to our children about how good he is and how good his ways are. So your sons, you shall talk of the, the statues of God when you sit in your house. Oh, but there's more. You should also talk when you walk down the road. The only mode of transportation they had was to walk. Walking occupied a large portion of their life. You should talk when you're sitting at home and you should talk while you're walking where you go. I kind of think the idea isn't that there's certain times when you talk. I kind of think the idea of the writer is that you should be always talking to your children about the things of God. Amen? You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk down the road, and when you lie down at night and when you wake up in the morning. Basically, the only time he doesn't say talk is when you're sleeping, but you could probably figure it out. Right? Okay, so you get up, you're talking about God. You go to sleep, you're talking about God. You're sitting at home, you're talking about God. You're walking down the road, you're talking about God. There is this emphasis on the scriptures to teach the ways of God to our children, and we teach them all the time. That makes sense? If, if you don't walk away from anything I'm about to say today, I hope you walk away with this idea. I should be talking more to my children about God. Amen? Okay. Now, um, verse 8. You shall bind them, the commandments. Now, this was a physical thing for them. This is a spiritual thing for us, okay? You shall take those commandments, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. In other words, the statues of God are in my hand. The statues of God shall be on my forehead. And, and look at me. When children interact with their parents, it's, all, it's, what, it's a lot of like what we're giving them and them having to have our attention and see our forehead, right? So it's like the idea that our face time and our hand time with our children is, the, is giving the statues of God. That makes sense? So, so verse 9 says this, and then we're going to go back to verse 4. Verse 9 says... You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on the gates. In other words, there should be no place in your purview. There's no place in the scope of your influence at your home where the kids can escape the commandments of God. As soon as they walk in the door, You're talking about God. You're teaching them about God. I'm not talking about, so many people have had this idea of like, oh, you didn't read your Bible. You're a sorry person, right? I'm not talking about, I'm talking about, I'm talking about showing them the way of Christ. Living your life, discussing the things of God on your heart, and they're just, they're seeing it all the time out of you. They don't go, well, my mom and dad's are good Christians at church, but when they get home, they act totally different. In their home, actually, I understand more about God that, that, that makes the children's pastor's job a lot easier. And the youth pastor as well. 
because he's being very amen-y today. <laughs> I want you to go back to verse 4, though. This is where I want to kind of shake it up a little bit. Verse 4 says, uh, go, back to the, go back to the other version, brother. Verse 4 says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. And I want to reemphasize this. Look at me. Look at me all across the room. The first thing you teach your children about God is that not only um, is the idea that Yahweh is our God. And it's not this idea that you go figure out who your God is. The word is our. This is, this is Gnosticism in our culture where my God is my God, but your God can be your God. It's not what the scripture says. As for me and my house, we will. And the Lord is our, our God. Yahweh is our God. No other God's but Yahweh is our God. Amen? Now listen. The scripture here is translated in the Hebrew, the Lord is one. And actually most modern translators, and I've talked with a, a literal language theologian about this very verse, okay? And most modern translations are changing from the Translation, the Lord our God is one, and changing it to this. Put it up there, brother. Listen, O Israel, the Lord, Yahweh is our God, the Lord alone. Because in context, it makes sense, right? He's our God. He's our God alone. Love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and, and live all your days for him alone, Right? And then teach your children to do to to literally live their life as God is God and God alone. Does that make sense? And so uh, I want everybody to say the Lord our God is the Lord alone. Now, the idea here could be three or four different things. Does that mean that that He's the Lord alone in the sense of you live in a polytheistic environment, like where everybody? Everybody worships multiple gods, and we live in a monotheistic environment where we only worship one god. That's not really what they're talking about. Is it the idea that um, the idea that um, is is the Lord our God is one? Is it a statement about the Trinity? No, that's not. That's not in context. That's not what, even what he's talking about. What he's talking about is the idea. Look at me. Hear me. Hear me. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this back down to real practical lesson. God is our God. And he alone is our God. Now, the first question is, well, who else could be God? Well, you could say all the other gods or entities out there, right? Evil uh, demons and principalities or, or false gods or the, the government, whatever you want to say, right? All those other things. But I'm telling you what, the number one threat, look at me, the number one threat to God being God alone in your life is you. And me operating as if we are God of certain areas of our life and he's God of other areas of our life. He wants, everybody say all. All your heart, all your soul, all your strength for all the days of your life. He wants it all and he wants to be, he wants it all alone. 
In other words, he's not willing to share Godship with anybody, including you. So let me break this down how this makes sense. Okay? How this makes sense practically. So this is where I start talking about my own children, and they don't like it anymore, okay? But um, so the boys have been working a lot lately, and, and they've been getting money. And one of the things Miss Carolyn teaches in her Sunday school classes, you're supposed to do what, Miss Carolyn? Tithe. She said it loud and proud. Amen. Everybody say tithe. Yeah. I didn't think we'd get a lot of amens there. Tithe and give. In other words, you're a giver. And the first question I ask my boys, they're not, they come home and they're like, man, I got money, right? I got money. I want to buy this. 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 I was the same way. Somebody say amen. I want to buy, 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 buy. And, and hey, praise God. It, uh, yes, children, you go work hard and you earn some money. Praise God. Amen. Good job. Clan clap. Right? But the first question I asked them is, uh, the first question we should ask them in a way is, whose money is it? Now, most people would say, it's my money. I earned it. We'll see, 10% belongs to God. Wrong answer. What? Everybody say all. It all belongs to God. Every red penny belongs to God. He has certain requests and I would say requirements of segments of that money, but our stewardship of all his money that he has given to us. Are y'all out there this morning? I didn't think Mother's Day preaching about giving would go real well, but here we are. But I'm literally going to do this because I'm trying to teach my boys about uh, giving and, and finances and tithing on the way to, they worked yesterday and Friday afternoon on the way to church. I text their mom and say, remind them boys to tithe today, right? Because it's my job. Literally, God told me to do this. Okay? And, and, and the idea I need them to fundamentally understand first thing it's not that 90 cents belongs to you and 10% belongs to God. It all belongs to you. It's all God's money. Because he is God alone. alone. Your money, your time, your treasure, your talent, your fill in the blank. Stand up, Hannah. And she's not wearing shoes. Praise God. Stand right here and face everybody. Next Sunday is graduation Sunday. We will celebrate this milestone in her life and she'll go to college and then soon she'll go off into the world on her own. But uh, you were born in 2007? Five. Five. 2005? Okay. But um, June 30th, June 30th, 2005, Listen to me, the Lord didn't give me a child. She belongs to him. She, the Lord entrusted to me to, to steward the life of this child. But see, it's my kid. 
Now, whenever they misbehave, it is Missy's kid, right? Okay? But the, you see what I'm saying? So, so I don't parent her the way I want to parent her. Because she belongs to me. I parent her as if I'm going to have to stand before God and answer to him about how I parented his daughter. Boy, I'm preaching better than you're shouting this morning. Thank you, Hannah. Let's take another step. Stand up, babe. Isn't she beautiful? Isn't she so pretty? God did so good. I can, I can take Missy to a crowd of unknown people, and I can introduce her as my wife, and that's fine. But really, she's not my wife. She is a daughter of God who he gave and trusted to me to love and to cherish until death do us part. Amen. See, the marriage doesn't belong to me. It's actually God's covenant. And I will stand before God and answer how I steward over the marriage to my wife. And so can I treat her as my property? Yeah, that'll go real well. That's mine, right? Or do I treat her as the woman who God, the, who, who, the woman whom God get, entrusted to me to love and to cherish in sickness and in health, for richer, for poor, until, or you could say this way, all the days of my life. Thanks, babe. You can sit down. I could sit here and I could go to every, uh, 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 come here, Lexi. Lexi will start her senior year of college. That's weird, ain't it? After this summer. I'm fixing to make some of y'all mad. Okay, I'm not trying to. The first half of the semester, she'll be in classes. The second half of the semester, she'll be in a classroom learning how to teach kids. And then she'll leave there and she'll go get one of them new uh, Sarah Huckabee education jobs. Amen. Praise you. I mean, you know what I'm talking about right there. The Lord gives the increase. Amen. So I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So but my point is, is that is in, 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 in a little over a year, she'll get a job. <laughs> I'm so ready for her to have a job, right? Is it her job? The Lord gave her a job. Do you treat your job as if something the Lord gave you? And do you steward over the job as if it's something? Well, no, I work. You couldn't work if he didn't put breath in your lungs, sucker. Right? You couldn't wake out of bed if he didn't give you strength in your bones. You couldn't think of the things you need to do with your mind on the workplace if he didn't put the thoughts in your brain. We have nothing without him. Why are we trying to possess so much of everything he's given us? As if it's mine and my doing. Does that make sense? In and of myself, I can produce nothing. But when the Holy Spirit comes on my life, right? Uh, or I like to say it this way. Whenever he entrusts me the talents 
when he entrusts me the responsibilities, when he entrusts me. And so, thank you, Lexi. It could be a job. It could be your daughter. It could be your children. It could be your job, your spouse. It could be your money. It could be your time. How many seconds belong to you? Boy, I'm, I'm preaching to all of us right then. I mean, nobody's perfect here, amen? I mean, our time, our, 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 our whatever, it's all of our life, all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your time days. He is God, and he is God alone. And the number one threat to him being God alone is me. Me owning some of my time, me owning some of my money. What's well, my money? I'll do whatever I want to with it. Yeah, preacher stands up and says, can we receive an offering? Well, that's my money. I'll do it. You know, you see what I'm saying? And so what I'm going to do literally is periodically I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to teach the boys how to give, but I'm going to do it in everybody's presence. So you might get it by osmosis. Right? Chad, if you don't tithe, you die. Right? <laughs> I'm kidding. That's a joke. I'm going to teach them every periodically. Uh, I'm going to teach them about the work. I'm going to teach them about what it means to be a giver, right? And I'm going to teach them about money periodically in your presence so that you kind of get it by osmosis because I haven't talked about giving in a long time. And I thought here's a good time to teach them and to maybe, you know, rub off on everybody else as well. And that way I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at them. I want you to ask yourself this question right now. How much of your life are you owning as if it's yours and as if uh, you somehow produced it in your life? You're the self-made man. Let me ask you this question. How much is God alone, God of every, every area of your life? My decisions aren't my decisions. There's God's decisions that I'll carry out. I just preached about a calling a few weeks ago, right? God's decisions. Jesus said, I don't, uh, your words should be God's words in your mouth, not your words in your mouth. Amen? Your words are indicative of thoughts that should be God's thoughts in your head and not your thoughts in your head. And when you have your thoughts in your head, you're supposed to go, oh, no, 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 no. He is God alone. He gets to think in my head the way he thinks, not the way. I just don't get to think in my head the way I think. That's literally the submitted life. And when we do that, and when we, and when we literally have this this way of thinking, and we teach it to our children, and they teach it to their children, the scripture promises you enter to the promised land and you live in it for prolonged days. And what's happening to the world is it's falling apart and chaos is overtaking the world because, because the lack of, 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 what, of what I'm talking about. That makes sense? But what's going to restore order in the world it's not just Chester, but Chester and his children and their children thinking the way God thinks and doing the way God does. And it keeps order 
in the midst of this chaotic world. Does that make sense? But if I don't teach my children, if mama doesn't teach her babies, let me ask you the question, who is? When Hannah Van Dyke got here this morning, she got here at 8 o'clock to lead worship on Mother's Day as a first-time mother. And she, this, and he's Cohen's like, what, two or three months now? Three months? Two, four months now? Dang. Takes baby Cohen, puts him in that, he's in that car seat, brings him over here. She gets behind the, the keyboard and she puts him, this wasn't here, she put him down right there and turns him whenever Cohen can see mama at four months year old. Well, that, you know, four months, he's too young to really get it. He, his spirit ain't. His soul isn't unable to experience the joy of her voice. I can walk up to the guy and, you know, tickle his feet and go, blah, 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 and he'll smile at me. So he's under, he's processing, amen? And she sits him right there, and at four months old, she is teaching the statues of God. But see, listen to me, this is the difference I want you to understand. That's not something we just do at church. Because I guarantee you Hannah puts him next to the piano at home. And so the scripture again says, when you sit at your house, when you walk down the road, when you go to bed and when you wake up, those are all the times for all the days of your life that we are teaching the next generation the ways of God. And the first thing we teach them is that he is God and he is God alone. He will not be shared with anyone, including me, including you. Amen? Everybody stand up on your feet. 1146 miracles do happen in the name of Jesus. How many are happy today? He is Lord alone. He is God alone of the sermon. Amen. He wanted out early today. Miss Pat, make your way. Make your way over there by Miss Ann. And look at me. Here's why I want everybody to look at me. I know you might have something to do. I have quit early so that you can do this. I want you to come and I want you to make a line and I want you to walk past Miss Pat. And, I'll, and if you didn't bring a card, look at me. If you didn't bring a card, that's okay. You don't have to have a card. You, maybe you have a handshake. Maybe you have a hug. Maybe you have some kind words. So I want you to go by Miss Pat. I want you to hand her a card. I want you to hug her neck. I want you to, to, to look her in the eye and say, I love you and I appreciate everything you've done. And let's make her feel so special this morning. Amen? All right, so Father God, I bless you. We bless, we bless the people of God, especially the mamas today. And we bless them, and we pray that they would demonstrate to generation and generation and generation that you are God and you are God alone in a way that only a mama can, in a way that we heard that testimony that of, a, of a lady when they, she walks through hell, she stands on the word. May you produce that strength in all these mothers today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Y'all go celebrate Miss Pat right now.